If you like Taste Test and you want to keep the music digestion sessions going every week and get some exclusive bonus content, stick around afterwards for details. But first, let's start the show. It is time to have a taste. Mmm, have a taste. I'm Damian Lamar. Welcome to Taste Test Live. Our podcast features in-depth music discussion, passion-filled opinions, along with interviews by creatives, change makers, and artisans. And guess what? We are live and are back again here in Studio One at WJCT with my co-host, the Pheromonious, Miss MJ Baker. Hello, everybody. Hey. Hi. It's a little bit of a cold front coming through. I'm ready for it. And everybody's gonna have boots and and uh, turtlenecks on tomorrow. Listen, I'm I'm wearing knee high boots. I'm telling you right now, you're gonna catch me with some knee high boots, a sweater, a scarf. You're gonna be bundled up. And an overcoat. And an overcoat. And an overcoat. You know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep it simple. Mm-hmm. And I'm just gonna throw my pea coat on. That's that's it. She's gonna throw your pea coat yeah. on. It's not that cold, people. <laughs> Come on, it's Jackson. Listen, in Florida. 60 degrees is a blizzard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, <laughs> we've been I don't spoiled. Even, I they don't be even shut- know what to say. Hey, to that. 50 I degrees, really they shutting down the schools. Wow. Is it that serious? <laughs> 45, the bridge is going down. Oh, wow. That's I thought that was if it's sleep. Now, you going to the extreme right now. <laughs> Come on. Just you be know? prepared. That's all I have to say. Mm-hmm. Be prepared. And, and if it gets too cold, you know, the three Ps. Pipes, plant, plants, and Pipe. pets. Pipes, <laughs> Make sure plants, you get some. and pets. Wow. Somebody had a good day. Did you have brunch today? Like you had a couple mimosas at brunch or something? <laughs> no, I have not. No, I'm not going to say I haven't had an alcoholic drink because day drinking is my favorite. Okay. But We're not going to talk about day drinking at all on this episode <laughs> of Taste Test. I, I promise. I love day drinking. So, um, so you could take a nap and get right back up. Let me just say, never again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, can you take a quick moment and tell our first time listeners how they can be a part of Taste Test Live? Yes. If you are interested to know some or know someone who might want to promote an upcoming single, new album, concert, or just drop by to share your newest project, get in touch with us. Yeah. Head over to our website at tastetest.live. You can complete a form on our website if you want to be a guest on the show. If you like what you heard, follow us on social media. Our handles are Taste Test Radio. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yes. And, um, yeah, that's how you can do it. Without further ado, I'm super, super excited to welcome our guest today. He flew in specifically to be with us. Not not for real. Ulysses (laughs) Owens Jr. (laughs) Woo! Yeah. How y'all feeling? Yeah. Happy happy to have you, man. Happy to be here. So, ladies, first off, I just want to say, because I'm the flirtatious one, (laughs) um, he is nice and chocolatey. Let me tell you something. You starting stuff. That, you know, there are levels to dark chocolate. You got 70%, 80%, 90%, then 100%. We're going to say Ulysses because we're going to say he's 80%. And that means he's a little sweet and a little bitter. Mm. And I love 
dark 80% chocolate. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm a little, I'm caramel, so can but we you have... Got some, you got some uh, chocolate notes in there, though. Some, okay. Some espresso notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so happy to have you, man. Listen, um, you've been doing some amazing things in the community, and uh, it's my understanding you are a multiple Grammy Award winning drummer. I'm thankful to be associated with some Grammys, yeah. Yeah. Like, what's that like? You're the first ever person to be sitting in that seat that I've talked to that had a Grammy. Well, I'll tell you, man, it was, um, you know, I'm a man of faith, but not in yeah. the, the traditional or religious sense. I would have never planned on that. I mean, my goal was to just play the drums and work with as many people as I get a chance to work with. Mm-hmm. And then God has other plans. So yeah. the first record that um, got Grammy recognition was when I was working, or I should say I'm still working with Kurt Elling, jazz vocalist. Mm-hmm. And so we worked on a record uh, in tribute to John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman. So we took that project, I think that was back in like 2010, Mm -hmm. um, and it's called Dedicated to You. So we recorded the record live at Lincoln Center. And next thing I know, that November, because I think we recorded it maybe August or something, that November all the Grammy voting and stuff happens, Mm -hmm. and we got nominated. So I was like, oh, man, I've never been nominated, you know, on something that I've been part of. And then January, I got a call from Kurt. He was literally sitting in the theater. He's like, yo, we did it. So that was like my first, you know, Grammy uh, association. And then I think the following year, I started working with Christian McBride and his big band. And uh, that was the actual first time that I officially won a Grammy for myself because, you know, the way the Grammys work, like if it's the MJ Baker project, then, and we're part of the project, then we get the Grammy. If it's just the MJ Baker CD and I'm on it, then I played uh, as part of a Grammy sort of recognized album. Okay. So the Christian McBride big band actually won the album. So that was the first time I was sort of an official Grammy winner. And that was really cool. And then after that, our trio album started getting nominated and other things I started doing, you know, started getting nominated. So it's been a journey, but I never started out to do that. I just wanted to make great music. Yeah. And um, And your path led you there. Yeah. So, you know, when people come to me now and they're like, yo, so when you put out the next thing and it's got to get a Grammy, I'm like, it doesn't really work like that. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. you should seek to be the best and do the best. And then, you know, everything else will take care of itself. Right. You know, that's my, you know, philosophy. So you've, you've performed with Wynton Marcellus. There's also Monty Alexander, Nicholas Payton, Diane Schur. And Wynton's actually my boss right now. Really? (laughs) Really? Because, you know, I teach at Juilliard. So I'm a professor there. So I I see him every month at a faculty meeting. And uh, sometimes I have to pinch myself because he is so incredibly gifted and Mm -hmm. just, he's a mastermind. And when that man speaks every, he's, you know, he's in the 60s now. So every word and everything he does is like, or says is a nugget. Right. Um, But yeah, I've had a chance to work with a lot of really great people and continue to. So um, again, I want to make great music. I always want to really be about excellence because it's my belief that excellence is unavoidable. So I really try to associate myself with projects that have a level of artistic excellence and musical excellence. And then, you know, it gets some, some vibe and, you know, some, some news. I like the way you talk. I love it. (laughs) That's one of, one of my favorite quotes by um, one of my former business partners. Her name is Cheryl Ross. She would always say, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it does have to be excellent. Oh yeah. Yeah. we, we, We can't, ever really strive for perfection but yeah. we can easily strive for perfection or yeah. for excellence right yeah. yeah and if we have that in mind we will more yeah. than likely get really close to attaining it well too, ex- so. excellence too started to take it a little further you and i talked earlier about we only compete with ourselves right excellence to me is you know you go that extra mile not because you want to prove something to anyone else right. but you're proving it to yourself and, right. it, and it really is this sort of inner barometer of success that you need mm. to measure up to not right. something that's external so excellence for me is i'm going to stay up to the midnight hour until this is done for me, not for right. them. Right. So that's why I really got into excellence. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know what? I can say that, um, you know, because I just I just left a business meeting where um, me and my business partner, we put on events and the space was just like this empty space. And we went into it and we started just kind of 
mapping out and we were like, oh, and we can bring in couches here and we could do and all these things. And where most people would say, well, why don't just let people stand up the whole time? But we were like, oh, no, we want to create a certain environment for and it yeah. and it wasn't about what people would think it's about what we thought right concerning it so it was like the excitement of creating you know making something into nothing you know something nothing into something was Absolutely. you know wasn't high so yeah mm-hmm. i get it so do do you find um ulysses when when you actually work on music like you've you you have several albums out um how many to be exact um to date probably 10 10 projects yeah i have a couple coming out within the next year and a half Mm -hmm. um but yeah i have four records that i made with a band um in japan i had Mm -hmm. this band called new century jazz quintet we used to tour japan for about five years straight so we did four co-led records and then i have five solo projects so i have my first one which is called it's time for you second one unanimous which is you know with nicholas payton Mm -hmm. third one onward and upward fourth one falling forward um, I also produced one for my nonprofit, Don't Miss a Beat, called My Destiny. And then my most recent one, which I have for you, I need to give it to you, it's in the car. Um, and it was actually in the last round for the Grammy picks. Um, it's called Songs of Freedom. So, yeah, so yeah. About, I think that's about 11. That's a lot. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really about great. creating a body of work. You yeah. know, right. I feel like, you know, when whenever our time is done, I want someone to be able to go back and say, okay, here's all the different things that he did, but also here's the different stages that he was in. And I think that's what music represents. Is mm-hmm. Every right. time you look at, you know, let's say, you know, John Coltrane, you know, Blue Train versus A Love Supreme, you can literally trace every stage of his life through his work. Right. And that's what I hope to leave. Yeah. So as a jazz artist, you've 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 done this and obviously making albums and you mentioned mm-hmm. making it a body of work. Yeah. And I, I too fall into that guys because mm-hmm. I I'm old school. Like when you think about vinyl, yeah. You pull that that record, right. you listen straight through. You, you, you walk over to the record player, you flip yeah. it, yeah. you listen straight through, and then you go, okay, I'm going to do it again, mm-hmm. right? So in this era where we are with music and people selecting their songs, like, you know, a la carte, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Right. As a jazz musician, um, with, these, with these albums in mind, since you make them a body of work, how do you go about that? You just you just make it, is it a concept album for you? Is it, it do you, you, you do it with that in mind, or you just make the music well I think you have to for me I look at music categorically right so I may have music where I'm like all right, I want to put out like for instance in a year I have a big band album Mm -hmm. and that's a full length album we recorded it live at Jazz Lincoln Center and that's a body of work but now because of how people are listening to music more in the EP sort of strategy or singles we're having to adapt as well you know because if we want to really stay current that's what we have to do so a lot of artists because you know I produce as well a lot of artists I'm producing we're doing more EPs and singles Mm -hmm. Um, like for instance a really great jazz artist I love a guy as a trumpeter. His name is Marquise Hill. Mm-hmm. Marquise has a really great, you know, series, a couple sort of jazz albums, but he just dropped something called the love tape that mm-hmm. I'm in love with. I've been listening to it the last few days and it's literally like a vibey EP sort of, of singles. So to your point, I'm starting to kind of categorize how I want to create. So if an idea comes to me, I'm like, okay, I want to create music about chocolate. And uh, <laughs> you're going to sing on it, MJ. I am. Uh, <laughs> and I may say, okay, is that an EP? Is that a single? Right. You know, how large is that body of work? Who do I feel should collaborate? And then there are other things where I'm like, okay, I need to do a Ulysses Owens da-da-da-da-da album. So, right. yeah, it, it just depends. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I have a question about um, when did you realize okay I want to do this for like the rest of my or or for as long as I possibly can like when did it hit you that was um 16 years old so I grew up in Jacksonville Florida I um moved to New York at 18 
And now I've actually moved back to Jacksonville. So I have my home base is here now. Oh, so wow. I commute Welcome between back. here and New York. Yeah, I'm loving it. It's much cheaper, too. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I still had to say I grew up in Jacksonville, um, still in Blue Church of God. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, I'm church boy to my heart. Um, and then went to Church of God Sanctuary Praise, started playing drums there. I went to New York because I had family there. And um, I started walking the streets of Harlem. This is like, this is before Bill Clinton had office in Harlem. Mm-hmm. This is like, you know, uh, Jungle Fever, Spike Lee Harlem. Wow. So it was kind of, it was dangerous, but it was something very alive. So right. I was like, yo, I got to move here. Um, so my mom said, well, listen, the only way you can move there is if you find a college to go to to study music. So I went to Manhattan School of Music and met with the, the faculty there. And the guy said, um, man, you sound really good, but you sound like a church drummer. If you're going to come here, mm-hmm. you need to play jazz. Yeah. 16 years old, I said, well, okay, well, what do I need to do? He says, tell your mother or someone to buy Miles Davis's Milestones. So I called my mom. That's when Borders Bookstore was over there or South Side. Wow. Or yeah, 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 yeah. So she's like, all right, baby, I'm on my way. <laughs> so I get back in town and, you know, Milestones is sitting on my bed. And I kid you not, from that age, I literally threw, and I don't advise this, I threw out all my hip-hop, all my R&B, all my gospel, and I only listened to jazz for the next 12 years. Wow. Yeah, because people have to understand when you really want to play particularly straight ahead jazz, you have to baptize yourself to where that sound is embedded into your head mm-hmm. and your heart so that when you play, you're trying to match the masters. Right. Right? right. So I needed to get the other stuff out for a second because that's right. what was in my sound. Yeah. Then once I got wow. that sound in there, then probably around 24, 25, then I came back to all the other stuff. Well, so anyway. you know what? And I understand what you're saying because, like, for example, I play the acoustic guitar. Oh, and nice. so, you know, and I'm learning more about the theory of it. Mm-hmm. And so the difference between classical guitar and normal, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's like and, and whenever I, you know, like I my guitar teacher is like, oh, I don't even the classical, uh, you know, it, mm-hmm. and then I have a girlfriend who plays a cello mm-hmm. and she took jazz at her senior year yeah. um, playing it. And she said it was the most difficult. So I get what you're saying, because she was like, I wish I would have taken it first because yeah. Classic, classical is like one, two, three, yeah. four, and yeah. jazz is like one, five, yeah. ten, eleven. It's where you're it's, breaking the rules, right? You're breaking a lot <laughs> yeah. of. So you really go by feeling, yeah. and then so I, I get what you mean. And by the that, sound, yeah. and the thing that people don't understand, particularly about straight ahead jazz, the sound is not in the air. Mm-hmm. Right. So like you were playing all this really hit music earlier. Well, that is the sound that's in the air. Right. Mm-hmm. Either, you know, electronic stuff or, you know, uh, drum and bass or, you know, Fender Rhodes. You know, we're, right. we're really kind of I feel like we're in the 70s now musically. Mm-hmm. We were sort of creating like the 70s reimagined. Yeah. You know, everybody's kind of going back to acoustic vintage yeah. or whatever. So that's what's in the air. So as a jazz musician, if you're trying to play some swing, that's not what you're hearing. So in order for that to really become who you are, you got to like go all the way there immerse yourself wow. there so anyway yeah to your 12 point. years steady. yeah yeah that wow. was all I listened to because I needed to sound like those guys like I had to change the way that I played especially in New York like in New York you have people who that's what they do so yeah okay you're talented but if you don't sound like what the standard is mm-hmm. then you're just another imposter and yeah. I, I again we're talking about excellence right, right. so yeah. Uh, you know. Speaking of which, you, not, you're definitely not an imposter because I saw a recent Instagram <laughs> video of you playing drums with your hands. Well, you got to use everything, man. You got to use everything. Like, just instead of the drumsticks, he was using his hands. Oh, my gosh. And then there's another video where you actually are using the brush and the just, I've never seen brushes used like that before. <laughs> you, you know, you got to... 
somebody said this about Bobby McFerrin. I don't know if you heard him. It was a really interesting interview, and they said uh, before Bobby McFerrin became Bobby McFerrin, he locked himself in a practice room something like a year or two years, and he listened to every part of his voice. He made his voice do things that he never thought it could do. By the time he walked out, he said, no one knew my voice better than me. Mm. And that's how he became who he is. Wow. And so I think the way that you access a level of, of, of you know, artistic brilliance or whatever you want to call it is that you have to know that instrument. And I've spent a lot of time knowing my instrument. So, you know, I try to pull out things that are even surprise, a surprise to me, but there are a lot of things I understand about the instrument, and that's because I've sacrificed that time. Yeah. Right, yeah. You know, and so when you think about people like Bobby McFerrin or a lot of jazz musicians, they are masters of their instrument, and that yeah. is one thing. I'm not going to go off on a tangent that I wish that this new demographic or this new generation that we, ask you that. I wish that yeah. we would embrace mastery again. Yeah. Because yeah. if you look at Stevie, Stevie never went to a, you know, to a formal music school, but that man mastered his craft. Marvin Gaye, he Teddy did. Pendergrass, yeah. you know, right. yeah. even, even in the nineties, Anita Baker, right. you know, right. I mean, if you go into, you know, all the different lists of great artists, I mean, even go to country or whatever, they are masters. Now, we're learning something enough to be able to do it or make a video right. or tweet something about it. Um, but if you really scratch that surface, there ain't really too much but, you know, beneath that. Yeah. And yeah. I think with mastery also comes passion. Yeah. And you, you have to have the passion before you can attain the mastery, yeah. right. in my opinion. Yeah. You know, a lot of the, you know, speaking of this off, off the cuff, yeah. you know, this, this music that just comes out real quick yeah. and it's uh-huh. out. It's so transactional. And it's not uh, the the element of uh, of mastery is missing. Right. Yeah. You know, you don't you you don't get that. That's why the that music sense, is different. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and for me, it's like it's because like I I write all of my music, so my songs and stuff, and so it's like realizing that you know how some people uh, will just you know come out with something mm-hmm. or you know and they they want to get that what do you call it they want to get the reaction of everybody or whatnot and it's like but sometimes I feel like um when you are a songwriter it's like you're in a cocoon stage you're kind of you're trying to feel every emotion and you're trying to feel all of that stuff and get all of this out of it so that when you bring forth that body of work whether it's a single or EP or whatever then the people feel everything that yeah. you put in that. Like they yeah. they put all of that. And so that's my my question to you is yeah. gonna be being a teacher of music now, like yeah. like what, you know, do you feel like you have to correct more or are are they willing to hear? Are they a teachable? Do you find that this generation is teachable? First of all, that's such a great question. Um so, you know, part of why I came back to Jacksonville is because my family and I have a nonprofit organization called Don't Miss a Beat. We're about mm-hmm. 12 years old. We educate youth. Uh, we keep them out of the streets through the arts. And we're in Beaver Street and the uh, post-Brooklyn Riverside community. We were there before the Fresh Market. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but we have after-school performance programs and we have a summer camp and all that stuff. But to your point, um, I spend a lot of time teaching them and then I teach, obviously, in New York and, and abroad. What I find now is that people think that what they notice now is like, today, the real thing. Like, for instance, one of my students, um, I'll give him a shout out, Israel. He's incredibly talented, Israel Haynes. Anyway, he asked me one day for Christmas. He said, I want to do, uh, what's the Donnie, Donnie um, Hathaway Christmas song? This, this Christmas. Christmas. This Christmas. Yeah. I said, Ms. Donalds, I want to do um, This Christmas, you know, by Chris Brown. And I said, excuse me? He said, yeah, you know, This Christmas by Chris Brown. I said, do you know who actually did that song? He said, no, Chris Brown did. I said, no, let me play something for you. And I played him the Donnie Hathaway version. Yeah. And he was like, oh my God. I said, that's where Chris Brown got 
his, you know, his inspiration from. So to your point, what I find my sort of uh, challenge or mission now is pointing people back Mm-hmm. to the past you know mm-hmm. um i think it was dizzy gillespie that said you must have one foot in the past and one in the future you know and so or i should say one foot in the past one in the present and then that's how you get to the future right and so you know my goal is kind of saying hey i know you think tower the creator is really cool but do you know who he was inspired by right that's because right. everybody is just being inspired by who's in front of them and right. not understanding you know everybody else that challenged them and made them even start to do what they do so um and i feel like our generation and before were very curious mm-hmm. you know like i'm i can already tell you as a female vocalist i know you have probably gone through the lineage of you know female vocalists in the last 20 years you know which is just what you did because you loved it right. versus now they're like oh i love jill scott right i love beyonce right and that's it yeah <laughs> right like they just stay with that yeah. versus yeah. i'm sure if you started rattling off names there's all these different people that you love right. that led Absolutely. you to wherever. So, and same for you yeah. as well, Damien. Oh, yeah. So, um, I find that this new generation is not curious. So they're not pursuing mastery, and they're not curious. Mm. Mm. So part of what you do at Don't Miss a Beat, I'm sure you imbue some of that into those th- oh, those students. Oh, I, yes, by yeah. by. Uh, um, I don't want to say by force, like they sound like I'm abusing my kids, but <laughs> I, what I do is I make sure my kids understand their why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I sit down and say, okay, we're doing X, Y, Z. Why do you want to do it? Yes, Mr. Owen says you should do this, this, and this, but what is your connection to why you think you should do, you should do it? Um, and then I make them do the research. Yeah. Um, everything that our kids sing from their choral rap to their you know inspirational rap to jazz rap, they have to do the research and they have right. to tell me what their personal connection is to each thing, which mm. means that when our kids perform, because we have an all-star group, people say oh my god they're so amazing and they just they are so like convincing I'm like because they know what they're singing to them right and I make them each go through that process Mm -hmm. or even when we you know we did once on this island you know the the team that I bring in made them sit down and say okay what is this play actually about now what does that mean to you how does that translate to where you are now Mm -hmm. so that every time they perform they're performing with their own understanding of what they're doing you know well, okay, so I just want to um, acknowledge because I work with, um, I have worked with some uh, musicians and vocalists that you've worked with. Oh, cool. Um, Kaya Cash. I'm producing her uh, EP and, right now. Yes, and <laughs> praise the Lord. I'm so excited. I praise the Lord. I'm so, listen, I'm so excited. This yeah. girl is getting in the studio. She posts a couple of things, and I was like, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. So, um, and uh, Liston Gregory. Uh, the Liston was just with me. I was in Saudi Arabia really? two days ago. He, I took him with me. Well, what I, and what I loved is that, love is that you take these young people you like you know you don't just like you're not just out there by yourself but Uh, you're pulling people with you and you're pulling people from this community with you and um different things like that and um you know i mean i can talk about kaya all day and and just what she can do Mm -hmm. and so i'm so excited that the world's gonna be able to hear that well my whole goal to come back to to jacksonville was to really put my money where my mouth is Mm -hmm. right i'm i'm very much into i can't just keep saying i'm gonna do something and not really do it and what i was doing was i was you know leaving new york coming here trying to do some stuff going back to new york Mm -hmm. and i'm still going back and forth but what i know about jacksonville because you know we southern right we're like okay so what are you doing like we you moving kind of fast i I need to comprehend you so i was like you know what i'm moving back home and people were like what i was like i'm still gonna be ulysses around the world but i'm gonna do it from jacksonville and people were like 
okay, why? And I said, because I need to show these kids. I need to show this, these families. I need yeah. to show this city that right. I'm serious about it. And yeah. and it's funny that the level of respect um, has, has heightened because of that. But to your point, I had a really great mentor. He passed. His name was Mulgrew Miller. And Mulgrew mm-hmm. took me under his wing from my third week of, of college in New York. And he literally showed me the world for the next 15 years. Mm-hmm. So as a result of that, that's a very much part of how I how I learn is also to train. Right. So I really want to help. I mean, I'm one person, but I want to shine the light on this city. I think Jacksonville, yes. and I'm not just saying this because y'all are here. Right. I think Jacksonville, even like I was listening to you and Damien earlier, just your vibe and this whole show, we are, to me, one of the best kept secrets yes. in this country yeah. and there's a there's a there's a synergy here and again I've been around the world so I'm, right. I'm not like just from here like I've seen scenes around the world and now coming back home I'm like there's something in the water here like right. everybody here is so incredibly talented but in a unique way because Jacksonville has this like soul we got the gospel thing we got right. the church thing mm-hmm. then we got this other thing it's it's, it's very similar <laughs> like when thing. you go to to new orleans how you listen to to, mm-hmm. to the musicians there and they have something special jacksonville to me has something really unique right. and but nobody has really shined the light on it right. and so i'm hoping that with some of my efforts that it shines the light back on the city that's really good because you know i was talking to um you know uh my i went to a boot camp class okay. yesterday morning get it get it <laughs> <laughs> but I'm real. I'm really sexy in my gym clothes. By the way, Mr. Chocolate. But you're so, sexy now. I mean, but I am. Yeah. I am. So own it. Always. <laughs> um. No matter what. Um, That's right. So, <laughs> moving on. We'll talk later. Um. So, but I was speaking with you know the instructor, and she was just saying because she's out of Atlanta and she wants to come to Jacksonville. Now she's not in the arts, um, but her son was, and he's this he's deceased now. But she started a um, foundation in his mm. name towards the arts, and so. Mm. But she was saying that she's gone to a couple of meetings because she wanted to because he he lived in Jacksonville, and that's why she wants wow. to start the foundation here. Mm-hmm. And so she's gone to a couple of artist meetings and she was like, she was asking me, she said, listen, what's going on with the city? She said, there's so much here, but yet why is there the ceiling? It it seems so low, like meaning that why, why can't you guys get past the ceiling? Well, people here are very self-limiting, right? So you'll have somebody who is incredibly talented and then they work. A, a day job, which is, hey, everybody got to survive, right. right? But then they don't keep their hustle going versus right. New York. It's the same. In New York, even the, like, I never forget, uh, I was staying with my cousin and the pest control man came and was, you know, doing his thing. He was like, hey, by the way, y'all, um, y'all want to buy a hip hop CD? I just got done making some tracks. <laughs> like, you know, and I was like, yo, brother, you know, right. like, so New York is the same where, you know, yeah. you got to have five, six different jobs to survive, but you keep your hustle. Like right. when, you, when people meet you, you're still like, yo, I'm an artist. Versus in Jacksonville, it's like, yeah, I mean, I sing, but I work at such and such. And it's like, no, like, hold, you know, survive, but don't get to the point where you limit yourself. And I think right. the city, it, it can it can sort of cast a shadow. So, but what I like, not to be um, negative, I want to get back on the positive. What I like is that right. there's a new energy coming into the city Good. with all the sort of businesses. And mm-hmm. there's a cosmopolitan energy coming in. Mm-hmm. There's a, a youthful energy. Mm-hmm. energy. People like you guys are here. Right. So I think there's something changes. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to survive myself. Right. And you know what? <laughs> so and, it's, it's better. Well, and I was I was in and I agree with you on the positive tip because I was like, historically, this city is 
and arts, like foundationally. La Villa. So we just, yes. And, you know, and I was sharing with her the history of La Villa. Yeah. And she was like, are you serious? And I was like, Harlem started here. Yeah. We were the first. And she was like, are you serious? And I was like, yes. And so, you know, so that gave her, you know, some hope and different things like that. So, yeah. So so I I can definitely see some alliances because we we have the same vision in reference to me being, you know, I'm homegrown. You know, yeah. I'm still here. Yeah, a lot of a lot of my college mates and mm-hmm. friends have moved abroad, and they mm-hmm. they're doing whatever they're doing, and they're like, mm-hmm. "You're still here." I have people telling me to get out, leave. Right. You know, when I was in L.A., mm-hmm. don't go, don't come, don't back. You don't have to go back. You don't, you can you can you can stay in L.A. Right. You, you know. So, um, you have a very hefty touring schedule as well. That yeah. you know, with that in mind, managing a nonprofit. Yeah. Uh, touring all over the world all the time, jumping on planes. Yeah. We need your secrets on how you stay healthy. <laughs> right. And, and who, who you're, did you're, like, you know, you don't have to give them names, but you, do you have, like, a team? Because you, you, yeah, you, really? Yeah. yeah, so Don't Miss a Beat is a family-run organization. <laughs> I'm just one part of it. I'm the artistic director, but, you know, Esther Podier, Gwendolyn Owens, um, you know, um, Felicia Bass. Felicia is literally my right hand. She is our director of logistics. Normally, she would even be here with me at this interview, um, but she's the one that literally manages my Jacksonville life and, and okay. making sure that I do what I need to do. Um, and then for my actual career, I have a whole management, you know, booking agency team. Like, so they manage that. I have a couple assistants, but beyond that, I'm incredibly anal, retentive, and also really organized, and I, I know how to say no. So, like, for instance, I'm here because I really wanted to be here versus I say no to so many other things. Mm. But I also like am serious about what I want to do. So, you know, when people say, like, how do you balance it? Well, first of all, I remember praying, being a little 16 year old boy in Jacksonville, wanting to see the world. And I'm doing it now. So now it's just a matter of, okay, get up earlier and do emails. You know, like for me, (laughs) I get up earlier (laughs) and then I stay up late. So my my morning time is my my like productive gym time whatever and that's then my good. late night time that's my creative time yeah but you know and then i don't i sleep let's say six to seven hours but i'm living my dream yeah Absolutely. so you it's do what it. you got to do you grind yeah. it out like i i knew i had to see you today i took a nap earlier and then yeah because i just got off a plane and i'm jet lagged but i'm not going to be upset about it right. <laughs> you know? right so i think what what i will say is i'm very um organized and i'm very um particular about my time mm-hmm. for me i'm more um anal about my time than even money Mm. Like to the point where I, you know, I'll give you a hundred dollars, but yeah. you can't have my six. So, I, so I owe you. Because <laughs> you know, I mean, because you Billable know, what, time hours. is something you can time, never get it you back. Cannot you get it back. I can. I mean, I can go work a job and get money back. Right. I will never get this back. Right. So, so people who know me, they're like, "Oh, we love Ulysses, but he's a little, you know, he can be." callous because I'm like no you said this was going to end at such and such time so yeah. I have to go because I can't get that back exactly. right. so um, so I'm very careful about that but um, but then this is amazing I'm, I'm also so, like no we're wrapping it up I got yeah, no, I we good, though. I'm not saying that for y'all I'm, I also don't get this Jamie often Jamie is man. like yeah no I don't want to get charged no no, no you're and you know, and you, I love this season you know what and it's, it's so cool that you said about the time thing because yeah. I get up at 3.45 every morning. Get it. And that is my time. And, you know, it's like Damien was joking with me. He said, okay, don't be sending me no more. Five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh, no. Good morning. I'll chip out the I would be right. like, I'll be like, good morning. Um, <laughs> and, and it's like my band, you know, and I had one guy, one guy, his wife was like, you can't play for her anymore. Why is she texting you? <laughs> And when I'm texting him is music. Yeah. I'm just like, hey, can we play? What do you think about yeah. that? You know, whatever. My team will tell you they're going to, they get, so either like when I'm jet lag or if I'm in Europe, they're getting a bunch of texts from me like early in the morning between seven and nine. Or when they wake up, there's like 
a book. 20 emails. Because, right. <laughs> right. you know, like, pretty much from 9 till 9, I'm getting all these emails and calls. Right. So I need that time where I'm not corresponding to create. So right. once I have that stillness to create, then, you know, whoever's on my team is like... All right, so you had a good night last night. <laughs> like Felicia would be like, uh, can you just put the laptop down at some point, watch a movie or something? Right? Listen, and you know what? And you know, one thing I can say, like Damien, like when Damien gets an idea and he will work on it and then he'll say, hey, all right, I don't have no NDAs. But. <laughs> and he, he will start with, but I will sue you and punch you in the gut. You know, it's like. <laughs> it's true. She's, she's not lying. I'm not lying. We just had a meeting. And he's like, and he will sue. I will punch you in the gut first. Yeah. <laughs> Ask three questions two, later. What, right? what he say? He say 32209. That's where I'm from. That's right. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So totally yeah. understand. So, okay, real quick. Let's yeah, play a game because I know your time's mindful. No, it's fine, man. All right. This is going to be. Real quick, I'm just going to call out names, and okay. I want you to tell me um, your recollection or maybe favorite song okay. right, of these famous jazz drummers. Okay. Right? Paul Motion. Wow. I love, um, I don't have the specific songs, but I love anything he did with Bill Evans. He's so lyrical, and he, when I first heard him, he changed how I thought about the drum set. He thinks about it. Um, I, I call him like an emotional cyclops on the drum set. He mm. plays every cymbal, head, drum, whatever, and it moves the music into a new emotional place. He's an emotional drummer. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I like it. Okay. <laughs> Kenny Clark. Oh, so Kenny Clark invented the ride cymbal. So when you hear swing, or excuse me, the ride cymbal beat, so when you hear, you know, da-ding, ding, da-ding, that's Kenny Clark. Ah. He invented that pattern. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Um, and, and, and it's heard on the first Miles Davis record called Walkin'. It's like 1946, 1947. Mm -hmm. That's Kenny Clark. And he is a brilliant man. And every time I play the drum set, I think about him. Okay, two more. Um, Billy Cobham. Billy Cobham is a monster on the drums. Uh, he is a, he is the man that shifted jazz to fusion um, because he he became a personality on the drum kit as like almost like a fusion rock drummer. But you know he also could tip. He could play jazz. But yeah, he he created his own drumming language. Mm hmm. Okay, Max Roach. Max Roach is the man that I hope to be artistically because um, <laughs> he was yeah you're laughing right because you know he was married to Abby Lincoln. And um, and so he is a brilliant man, astute. He also changed the melodic language of the drums. Like he, when he got done playing the drums and making his mark, the drums sing when, or they sung when he played. Nobody, everybody else just played like rhythm. He created and put like a piano inside of the kit wow. musically. <laughs> so yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know your music. Wow, see? that was he, when I tell you somebody. <laughs> and he wanna go, I'm gonna go Google these people. Listen, Shoot, the man. way he described. <laughs> give me that Wait, list. How about I this? I got one for you. Better guess what? what? He, he didn't miss a beat. Oh my god! He tried to he tell y'all, don't miss, miss a beat. Don't miss a beat. Find don't miss rhythm. it. Find your rhythm. Man, that's amazing. Well, study, man. Yeah, uh, obviously, you study to show yourself approved, my friend. Yeah, you have. Definitely. To, as I said earlier, to whom much is given, much is required. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, any um, last parting words? I would. I, it, we have. We don't know who's listening. We have a few people on Facebook watching okay. us right now, but there's also people that are going to be listening to this podcast. Yeah, that could be musicians in the making. Okay, if they were studying, regardless of whatever their craft is. Can you give them some real good sure, advice? Sure, I want to give them um, three points, okay? The first point is learn your instrument. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Learn the theory of it. You know, learn all of that. You know, whatever learning means to you, learn your instrument. The other thing I want is you to be or them to be patient with themselves. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is um, we're seeing so many examples of what kind of musician they want to be, you know, on Instagram and all that. So I don't have to go into that. And so we're becoming impatient with our own progress. Yes. Um, and then I would say the third point is find a mentor, find someone who is further along than you that can guide you because those three things were big for me. I, I love my instrument and I learned it and continue to learn it. Um, and then I'm constantly patient with myself, even though I can be very impatient. And then I've had multiple, multiple mentors that have guided me along the way. And so those are three things um, that are really big to me because you cannot learn and master this music alone. You have to have yeah. a community around your growth. So, yeah. You said some profound things today and I really appreciate you coming <laughs> oh, by sharing. I'm honored. Um, let's I, do more. I was man. Notes. This was, let's yeah, do more. Were you really? I, no, I took notes. <laughs> I did all three points, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and if you missed the beat, go back and rewind this podcast. Yes. Like okay. okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's here. It's test, out on test. the interwebs. Yep. Yes. D- Damien, can so, I shout you out though? Oh can my I, goodness. So yeah. Damien, you are amazing. And MJ, oh, I'm just meeting you. Yes. But Damien, uh, I remember encountering you. I think actually randomly at my birthday party. That's DeWitt, right. Um, yeah. Introduced me to you. But you have been such a great force, and I love what you're doing in this community. And we it's need you. Yes. So I look forward to doing more with you. I'm honored yeah. to be here. Likewise. Oh. Thank you again. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Um, that's gonna do it for us. That was short, sweet, to the point, and like. Like super impactful and super powerful. Ulysses, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Um, Let's go ahead and wrap it up. If you like what you heard, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Taste Test Radio. You can also visit our website at tastetest.live. We have a list of a bunch of old episodes, and you can hear all those episodes by subscribing to our podcast. We are on nearly every service out there to include Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever else. And just search Taste Test Live and subscribe to our channel. You'll get notified the moment we release an episode. If you really love what you heard, please leave us an iTunes review and make it five stars. We'd appreciate that. So um, thank you again, Mr. Owens. Thank you, man. Thank Thank you, MJ. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in wherever you are. Thank you guys so much. Share this with your friends. More people need to know about this guy. All right. Thank you. Special thanks to our friends at WJCT for always allowing us to use their studios to deliver this great podcast to you guys. This episode of Taste Test Live has been sponsored in part by our friends at WJCT. WJCT is a leader in public broadcasting in Northeast Florida. Please support local radio and television. WJCT is a nonprofit organization and in order to keep great music shows and this awesome programming on 89.9, consider making a pledge or making a donation. For more information, head over to WJCT.org slash radio. Taste Test Live is a fully syndicated podcast and is on podcast services or wherever you listen to your podcast. Taste Test Live is supported by listeners like you. If you enjoy the show and want to make sure I can keep making it at this rate, then head over to tastetest.live and click the button that says Patreon. There you can learn how you can help and get some perks for your support. If you're unable to support Taste Test Live financially, then share the show. Tell your friends about it and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast service. I really enjoy sharing this podcast with you and producing it every week. Thank you so much for listening.